0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tacos and Tattoos podcast. I'm here with Kate Milligan. Is that right? Oh, my gosh. I didn't ask you before.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's Kate Milligan. You got it. Milligan.
0: Every time since I've been learning Spanish, every time I try to say something I don't understand, I try to say it in Spanish like you'd pronounce it (laughs) in Spanish. Okay. (laughs) All right, she's here and she is an Emmy-nominated producer, writer, speaker, storyteller, host of the One Girl Revolution podcast and founder of One Girl Revolution. One Girl Revolution is a multimedia platform dedicated to highlighting the authentic stories of everyday women and girls who are changing the world through their lives. One Girl Revolution has also produced an Emmy-nominated documentary series available on YouTube with two documentaries released thus far. Uh, The first one is The Girl Inside, and the other one is The Tandem. You can find all of uh, their podcasts, documentaries, and more on their One Girl Revolution website at www.one. And it's spelled with the actual number one, onegirlrevolution.com. All right, Kate, will you tell us a little bit about... Um, How did you get into the One Girl Revolution? What is some of the backstory there? How did you come to make this movement?
1: Gilly, yeah. Thank you so much, first of all, for having me on your podcast. There are two things that I love so much, and that is tacos and tattoos. I don't have any tattoos, but um, (laughs) I have big hopes and dreams for the future. But I do love a good taco Tuesday or tacos any day. Uh, But I'm so grateful and honored to be on your podcast to tell you a little bit about my story, I guess I'll just start, which I think pertains to your audience. Um, I sort of throughout my life have done things a little bit differently. And I myself, I guess it sort of stemmed out of my own journey as a human being. I firmly believe that we're all as unique as our fingerprint. And if we recognize that, how differently we would live our lives, how we would take more chances, we would see our value and our purpose every single day and i was born with a rare immune deficiency and um university of michigan didn't really know what to do with it it's called job syndrome j-o-b like job syndrome but it's named after job in the old testament and if anybody is familiar with that story job suffered greatly so people with job syndrome suffer greatly and I was this really happy, feisty little kid and always had a lot to say. And my parents would joke that I was either going to be the dictator of a small nation or the, the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, which neither of those have happened yet. Um, and instead, I'm doing One Girl Revolution. But my story really starts when I was a little girl. You know, I'm this feisty little kid and got into school. And like so many other people, got into school. And because I looked different, I had terrible eczema. I used to itch my hair out. It was so bad. So I didn't have a lot of hair. My mom would try to braid it and put little bows in it to make it look nice. And um, I still was bullied by kids in school. If I raised my hands, kids would mock me and say, oh, there's the little rash girl. And so what happened is I was this feisty little kid, very opinionated, had a lot to say. And I became very insular, very shy. I stopped raising my hand, stopped, didn't want to even be noticed. I just wanted to be invisible in school. And that is just such a big part of my story. And I don't think that I realized until the past year or two, how much that story really is a part of my journey as a human being. But I ended up finding my, that feisty little girl um, through Irish dancing and some other things found my myself again, as a kid, then I moved on. Like, as I got older, I um, went to college, but didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like so many people and, decided just to go to a small liberal arts school, didn't know what to study. So, I just got a liberal arts degree, got out, went to go work for AT&T in their engineering department. I had no engineering experience, but I figured it out. And they, my boss said if uh, he was looking for somebody with communication skills, and if I could communicate, they could teach me the engineering side of things. And then after that, I went to, well, I guess in 2008, the election, which many people will remember, that was Barack Obama and John McCain and Sarah Palin. And it was just fascinating. It was also when Facebook was becoming a thing. So people were starting to have online conversations and debates over politics. And I was, Keely, I was like living, breathing, drinking, everything going on in 2008 And um, decided to go back to school and get my master's in public affairs and political communications, thinking I was going to become some political pundit and wanted to be on TV and debates and um, ended up getting accepted to a program in Ireland. So three weeks after I got accepted, I had sold my car in Michigan, quit my job and packed up a suitcase and moved to Ireland. Lived there for two and a half years, worked in politics and media and Still was just fascinated by it and fascinated by political discourse. Then after that, I moved to D.C., still continued PR and working in politics and communications. And then in 2018, just got totally burnt out and frustrated at how the media covered stories and specifically how women's stories were often covered or not covered at all. How Mm -hmm. often women's voices were silenced or... Marginalized or just their stories were forgotten about, especially if it wasn't political or divisive. I think a lot of times Mm -hmm. we see those stories on the news. And I was so frustrated by it, Keely. So I moved back to Michigan. And in this frustration, uh, I live in the city of Detroit and I was reading this book um, about the city of Detroit. And there were two phrases there are two phrases on Detroit's flag. And they really are the motto of Detroit, which is there is always hope and it will rise from the ashes. And the moment that I read those two words, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I need to start something all about women. Women are the most resilient, amazing human beings." You know, now me thinking about that little girl that I was, how resilient I have been throughout my life, but I believe that that's that's every human story, right? That's every single person, we all have our stories of perseverance and and how we've come in resilience and how we've come through really difficult dark times or maybe those times haven't come yet, or we haven't recognized that that those times have come and gone. And so that's how I started One Girl Revolution. It started as a podcast and now has grown into documentaries and a multimedia platform and social media. And I'm always looking for new ways to highlight stories that... No one else is telling um, or they aren't telling it in this way. So just really creating the space for women and girls to authentically tell their own stories. And I'm grateful to, to be a part of their journey and their stories. Oh, my
0: gosh. There's so many things there. The first thing I hung up on was Irish dancing of all the yes. things you said, I was like, <laughs> you mean like, like the river dancing that we saw where it's like, the yes. tap- no
1: way, <laughs> which is very funny because when I did it, it was before river dance. And I remember, you know, here I am this like kid that's really struggling in school and just mm-hmm. struggling to just find my own uniqueness and my own purpose. And my mom decides me to put Decides to put me in Irish dancing, thinking that that would help me. And I, at first, I was like, this is so weird. Nobody even <laughs> knows what this is. You have to wear these really stiff dresses, really thick dresses. You know, I live in Michigan. It's really humid in the summers, and we're still like doing performances with these heavy dresses on. And they're beautiful, but they're extremely heavy. And then you dance with your arms next to you because there's a whole lot of history behind that when the British were coming in and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know people weren't allowed to dance or listen to music or anything and so the Irish would be in pubs with music going really quietly and then they would be dancing but only their feet would be moving so that's kind of a part of the tra- tra- tradition and I did that dancing gosh since I think I was six when I started five or six and then did it all the way until I was 18. And I still, Keely, that's still my party trick that I can pull out from time to time at 38 years old. So I hope that I will always, (laughs) for my life, I'll always be able to at least do an Irish jig or a reel or something from time to time.
0: Oh my gosh, is that kind of what led you to Ireland then because of that hot that hobby or skill? Is that? Yeah, yeah? that's a okay. great
1: question. Yeah, so we my family, I actually live in Corktown in Detroit. It's the oldest neighborhood in Detroit. And um it's where a lot of Irish settled when they first people always think about Chicago mm-hmm. and New York and Boston, but Detroit was also one of the big places that people from Ireland came and settled. And so this neighborhood, my great-grandfather lived here. Um, my grandfather lived here. There's a lot of history in this community. And my mom... When she was in her 20s. She would come down. There's a place here in Detroit called the Gaelic League, the Irish American Club. And it's been around for 100 years. They have live music and dancing and Kaylee dancing, which is like the group Irish dancing. And it's like an old man pub. Like you Mm -hmm. go in, it's kind of dark and there's a fireplace. And, you know, they're they're like the locals that kind of sit there and they know everybody. And um, so we grew up coming down even as like babies. My mom would bring us down and we would be like playing on the floor and so it still is like a big part of our life but we came down for irish dancing for all kinds of cultural events and i was in a, a competition for women it was kind of like a, a pageant of sorts but you would have talents and all the stuff and um so we just were always involved in in Ireland is a big part of our, our history um, and our heritage, but we were just always really involved in it. So it just was a natural, I think for me, I was very comfortable in Ireland. Everybody speaks English there, so it's kind of an easy transition. And it's one of those places too, that everybody loves Americans. I I think some parts of the world, you don't always get that, but Mm -hmm. they love Americans because so many Irish have family here in the state. So um, yeah, that's kind of a long winded way of telling you how I ended up there. It's kind of a lot of things.
0: Oh, but it's really interesting. Like a lot of um, the reason I came to Mexico is because being from Oregon, I was exposed to a lot of the Mexican culture. I had had a Mexican boyfriend and it was close to Oregon. So it was easy to fly back and forth. Um, and a lot of people, Americans are very warmly welcomed here. And there's a lot of expats and nomads that came here, especially during the pandemic, because their lives fell apart in the States. And so they were yeah. like, well, we'll just go where there's beaches and mountains and history and good food. <laughs> so it's always interesting to see why people choose the countries that they do to travel to and live in because um, we, it's, it's like, I'm not going to go to South Africa for unless I have a reason to go there because I'm a connected in some way. It's the same thing. So that's very interesting. Right. But I, I also want to say like kids growing up can be really mean, right? Mm-hmm. And so in a lot of that, bullying can either make us or break us. Like I've definitely met in in doing interviews, just like you have met women that still hold some of that pain. And then there's others that have used it to like propel them forward. And so I think it's so incredibly inspirational that you use that energy and reconnected with it in order to, do a variety of things and now you're giving a platform for women to share their voices in a powerful and interesting way so what is one of the the biggest things you've learned in that or what advice do you have for women that are trying to rediscover their their spicy spunky inner child after being beat down by society for so long
1: yeah, no that's a great question and I've been I think about it in different ways, I think in different chapters of my life and even every woman that I interview or girl, today I interviewed a 15-year-old girl for the podcast and so interviewing these different women and girls, they kind of opened my eyes to new things and mm-hmm. even open my eyes to things about my own story and even me coming to that realization about the connection between when I was a little girl and knowing what it feels like to be silenced and marginalized and ignored, that really is a big part or the seed, the seed of what started one girl revolution, because I know what it feels like, but the women that I'm highlighting on one girl, I mean, they are just so inspirational. And I think it's important for all of us to look to others for an example um, to look to others for inspiration and I think about women women that I've learned so much from in reconnecting with my story or my the inner the girl inside Um, we have this documentary the girl inside and I think that was a very pivotal pivotal point in my life where I actually in the beginning of one girl revolution a couple of years ago I took a film crew into Cook County Jail in Chicago. So it's the largest jail in the US and I didn't know who was going to be in the room. I didn't know who we would be interviewing, but that's really what One Girl Revolution is all about. It's about discovering with these women, like discovering their stories and discovering with them together, um getting to know them as a person going in with, you know, arms wide open, eyes wide open to get to know them as a person and not making judgments about who we think they are. um, Mm -hmm. And I think we do that a lot to ourselves, right? Like we make judgments about who we think we are, or if we're good enough, or if we can do it, or we can't. And we end up talking ourselves out of it. You know, you bringing up Mexico, moving to Mexico and me to Ireland, the crazy, one of the craziest things I ever did was move to Ireland, pack up my bags and people thought it was crazy. Mm -hmm. But it's one of the best things. And it's through those different chapters in our lives that we really can discover who we were created to be. And I'm a firm believer too, Keely, that we're always becoming, we're Mm -hmm. always becoming every single day. And my mom, she passed away last year and she would always say, I'm just a work in progress. Her dad said that and he passed it on to her. And I think about that, like we're all works in progress and we may have things in our lives that have been really difficult, or maybe even things that we're ashamed of that we wish we hadn't done. And, um, or things we wish we hadn't gone through, but it's so important for us to create space for us to work through that, whether it's in therapy or just us as a, as a human being. Um, I'm a, a big supporter of having a journal. I don't journal regularly, Keely, but just to even have a notebook that I bring with me and I write down ideas or dreams or things that I want to work on or, challenges for myself. Um, And yeah, I just think that we're always becoming and we're always discovering who we were really created to be.
0: Oh, I love that message. Because one of the things I'm a big believer in is that uh, identity is everything. And society is has told us for so long that we need things to stay the same. That Mm change is the enemy. We need to marry one guy and stay with him for our whole lives. We need to buy a house and that's our house. We need to have a job and then we retire and then we get to live our lives. But now everything is shifting and we're realizing that those identities that we gave ourselves, Can actually change and it's okay for them to change. And I believe that so much suffering that a lot of us, especially as women have in our early twenties or early and mid and late twenties is because we get to be 25. We've achieved the happily ever after, you know, the marriage, the house, the job. And then we're like, well, now what?" And so we have to break those identities that we've given ourselves and that can be so hard to do. I was not raised with the I'm a work in progress uh mindset and a lot of my friends weren't either. They we we have this conversation quite often where it's like I did everything I was supposed to do and I was so incredibly unhappy with the results of those expectations of me. And moving to Mexico, I basically, and you probably did with moving to Ireland well as well, it stripped away every, but everything I thought I was and stepped into becoming an entirely new person. And it was the scariest thing that I had ever done, but it's also so empowering. And when you talk about this this documentary going into a a prison and talking to and giving women a voice when they've been, you know, told, oh, you no longer have your freedoms, like what kind of response did you get from that? Were they like thrilled to be talking to you? Like that would be so mm-hmm. cool. What a cool opportunity!
1: It was life changing, Keely, and I think just to your point before, life is messy. Life mm-hmm. is not always easy and i'm i'm someone that's pretty optimistic and i think a lot of that too stems from my childhood and even my upbringing like my parents really raised us to not be the victim of things that were going on you know here i am like suffering as a little kid and i always was this happy little kid even though i like went through a lot of really difficult things with my health and that but we're we're Always, I don't know. Yeah. Life is just messy. I think that that's an important thing to mention. And Life isn't perfect. You know, there are things that come before us that we cannot plan for. You know, sometimes you think like, okay, I've just like laid out all my puzzle pieces and Mm -hmm. it's just like, okay, here we are. And like this, if I just do this, if I just get married, if I just get that next job, if I just fight for the next, um, the next promotion, if I get more money, we're always like, there's just, we're on this like conveyor belt Mm -hmm. of, oh, if I just get this, then I'll be happy. But the yeah. reality, reality is we, are, we have a lot of power in our happiness and also what happens in our life. If you're not happy, make a change. And then to talk about the girl inside, like going into Cook County, and this is all connected to me, going into Cook County, I, like I said, I fought for nine months. I joke that the girl inside is my baby because I fought for nine months you know, through every bit of red tape, had to jump through all different hoops, of course, to like get sharp objects and cameras and film um, crews and people who were strangers to the jail. I didn't even know the women that we were going into um, to talk to, but I had met, there's a professor, what kind of sparked us going in was there was a professor that taught a storytelling class, which was um, storytelling as a healing art. So how can you, her whole, Mission was, or her whole perspective was, how can you move beyond something that's happened to you or something that you've done in the case of Cook County, right? There's mm-hmm. most likely a reason why someone would be in Cook County. Um, and, you know, if you don't know how to talk about it, how can you move beyond it? Mm -hmm. And so her class was all about like learning to talk about even the hard things, the good and beautiful things, but also the hard things. How do you talk through it and how do you get to know yourself? And yeah, like we all have things that we're not proud of. We all have difficulties in our lives or, you know, one misstep. Like I remember sitting in Cook County with these five Women, um, and anybody who's listening can go on YouTube and check out our documentary. It's only 10 minutes. So I encourage everybody to watch it. If you're having a bad day, which I, anytime I have a bad day, I just watch it. So I've seen it like so many times, um, because these women just really are so inspiring and we went in. And we didn't talk about what they did to end up in Cook County, because to me, that's not important. That's mm-hmm. not, that was never a part of the story. I wanted to know who they are as people, because a lot of times we can be really hard on ourselves where it's like, oh, I'm so dumb or, you know, I'm so stupid. I made this decision and I shouldn't have done it. And, you know, um, it's always easier to look back on things and be like, well, I shouldn't have done it. But there are also situational things right women are the fastest growing population in jail and prison which i don't feel like is talked about enough and what's interesting about women and i've learned this through doing the girl inside and also through some of my research and other stuff that we've done we've done a lot of podcast episodes on women and incarceration on the one girl revolution podcast is there's always with regards to women ending up in jail and prison there's almost always another moving factor. So they don't just go in and rob a grocery store. They're robbing a grocery store to feed their kids, or Mm -hmm. they're robbing a grocery store to feed themselves like they're struggling. And it's not to justify it. It's not to say that it's okay. But there's always some other motivating factor, which I think is really interesting. So sitting in Cook County, I just remember thinking like, we're all one step away from Cook County, like we're Mm -hmm. all one step away from that. And what was really profound about that day, the life-changing moment for me was I was sharing about One Girl Revolution. I had just started it. It was this podcast. We did some video content. You know, we had our social media up and going. So it was still in the, I would say, infancy stage. We've grown a lot since then. And prior to going in, Keely, I had had a couple people that had given me just negative feedback about using the word girl. Mm -hmm. you know, well, that's like, seems like, you know, kind of cutesy, or that seems like, um, you know, just immature, like you're talking about girls, like you're interviewing women, you know, it should be like, you know, something should be one women, woman, woman revolution or something. And I was like, no, I just love that word girl. Like, I there's something about it to me that just fits one girl revolution. And the one word, Keely, that every single woman in that room connected with is girl. They started telling about, they just like loved the mission of one girl revolution. And then they started telling stories about when I was a little girl, I used to make mud pies. When I was a little girl, I used to sing. I used to get on my imaginary stage and that was life changing for me because not only did it affirm or reaffirm my decision to use the word girl in One Girl Revolution, but also it got me thinking about my own story and that little girl. We all have this little human being inside, you know, the kid who we once were, who didn't, wasn't beaten down by the world, who wasn't, who had all these hopes and dreams and wasn't um just yeah, wasn't led off the path that they were created for. And we have to connect to that, that girl, you know, for women, it's like, we have to connect to that little girl inside and who are we created to be. And that's, I think, a lifelong journey that we always have to be finding ways to reconnect.
0: Ooh. And it goes back. I don't know. Are you, do you believe in the inner child healing and that sort of stuff? Because I feel like it connects with that too. Like, yeah, totally. When, when we're all healing, a lot of it stems from things that happened when we were, we we all are basically, yeah, we're grown up, but inside of us is that little girl that just wants to be validated, that wants to play, you know, with like, for me, I wanted to play with my Barbie horses and go out to the farm and brush my pony and go fishing in the pond. Like I'm still that girl, but now I have to deal with all the Things of adult life. So I, I feel like the reason that all of those women in the in the prison, like they, they would connect with that is because we all are that at, at our core, but we don't want to admit it. You know, some of us don't want right. to face that.
1: Well, and even it goes back to the culture, too. There's so mm-hmm. much pressure on us to not do the things, you know, oh, that's silly. You know, people, I I love Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> I love Disney and I love, like, musicals. I know The Little Mermaid <laughs> just came out. I'm definitely going to see it and I'm going to sing along with all of the different songs. Um But there's a pressure where it's like, oh, I'm too old for that. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't, I'm not going to that. And we we almost like talk ourselves out of the things that we love, right? Like I used to love to do this. And that's really a safe place for all of us to like do those types of things. I love Disney World. And I've I've had friends through the years that have been, I haven't been that many times. been a couple of times and went, I guess, two years ago as an adult. And I feel like it's even more fun as an adult because you can do all the things, you know, you can go get a, a... cocktail take an afternoon break a siesta and then go on some of the rides or take a nap like all these it's just more fun as an adult to do that kind of stuff but you know I have people that friends even that were like oh it's kind of you know silly like or you know whatever I don't support Disney and that kind of, I'm like come on like we don't we need we have enough of that in the world you know just let all of us like find that whatever the thing is that makes us happy let us do it Ooh,
0: I also want to like, I think it's so amazing that you're bringing women together and I'm sure this is a big topic for you being from the political sphere and now that I've been living in Mexico for three years, I can't stand talking about politics or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like, we all have our own opinions and whatnot, but I feel like we are all so much better off if we just create some sort of togetherness. And if you look at the bio- the biology of women and how we like to connect, th- there was... Uh, I heard it somewhere a long time ago, but someone said when you put little girls together, they will talk about like, say, there's like, um, I don't know, they have a toy. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I have that toy, too. Right. They're going to want to relate and be like each other. But boys, yeah. when they go and play, it's, oh, look how high I jumped. Oh, I can jump higher. They're trying to compete with each other. But I feel like there's become this like attitude that women need to compete against each other as well. But really, we need to have like our circles and have this togetherness because that's really what makes us so powerful.
1: That is so true and so interesting. I'm going to have to look up that study. That's really, really interesting because I see that we're not made. To, women are are made to be in community. We want to be mm-hmm. with people. And they're just for some reason in the culture, especially when it comes around politics, but even outside of it, there's so many people. And I've experienced that even in like friend groups and, and, um, family, you know, in in all different pockets of my life, I would say in all different areas where people, it's almost their go-to, right? Like, well, what, who did you vote for? Or what did you, Mm -hmm. you know, what do you think about this? And then there becomes with social media, there's such a pressure to comment on different things. And one thing that, one girl has actually been such a great, great thing for me. And I've really had to work at it and really like train myself in it is to not get involved in everything, to not Mm -hmm. comment on everything. And that, that I think also needs to be talked about in our world too. There's such a pressure on social media to comment on every little thing, whether it's political, whether it's, um, something that's happening, you know, every single, Oh, shooting that's going on. It's like, oh, if you didn't comment, then like you're obviously, you know, for or against people start making judgments about you. Mm-hmm. And it's so frustrating and it's exhausting, Keely. Oh, and I know, I know you see it too. <laughs> and like we just need to stop that. It's of of course politics matters. Of course mm-hmm. people have things that they strongly believe in. And I am all for it. You know, I we I love Mexico too. So this is not a this is not a slab on Mexico. But <laughs> One thing that I love about America is we have so many freedoms here to speak up to say speak our mind. I am all for it for people doing that, but sometimes it's to a fault, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like okay, well get in line and follow whatever I'm saying, especially with women. It's like, well if you have a differing opinion, then, you know, either get in line or stop talking. And we need to create more spaces and it's been just such an interesting thing for me because even like I find myself because of My previous engagement in politics, there is a temptation to like, oh, I want to comment on this. I have so much to say on this. And like, no, I don't need to. Like, I now have a different chapter of my life. I've started this platform. I really want it to be a community space for women to share their perspectives. Of course, I don't agree. I'm sure that I don't agree with every single woman that I've had on the podcast, but we really focus on where are areas of commonality. And I really want to. Want these women to reveal their own stories. And so, you know, what, what is the driving force behind why they do what they do every single day? Some people, it's their faith. Some people, I'm sure it's political. Um, but really digging into like, what is that driving force and who are they as people instead of judging them for who the world thinks that they are?
0: Yeah. And it, I, being in mexico during the pandemic there was a lot of canadians that came down um and they had very strong opinions on certain things and i just saw what happens to the the energy and the mental state of people that get so caught up in like having to have an opinion and they'd be like well if you don't have opinion on that then you're for this and you're for that i'm like i just i can honor everybody's opinion but i'm not willing to take on the anxiety of all these things that i can't do anything about and it really makes me so sad especially in the social media like platform, like you were saying, that people are throwing so much energy and becoming it's almost to like they become so hateful when we really need to create more togetherness and understanding and be able to look at everyone's opinion with a little bit more curiosity and be like, oh, that's interesting that you feel that way. It's interesting that you feel that way. Because I know that I I personally have taken the stance of like I'm a little afraid to comment on some things because everyone just is such a heightened emotional state and if we all just go back to that little girl inside of us and be a little bit more carefree and focus on the things that we can enjoy in life and flourish I think we would all be so much better off but it's it it, we live in an interesting time for sure
1: (laughs) yeah well I think stay in your lane right we one of my friends always says that it's like, stay in your lane, like stop looking at other people. There's always this comparison and we see other people speaking up about things or people sharing their stories. I am a firm believer. And I, even in my own experience, like my own life, there are reasons why I believe what I believe mm-hmm. on a variety of topics. And I'm sure you're the same way. And, and whether it's political or cultural or, you know, things that are just going on in the world, we all have things that we believe in and reasons why we believe what we believe. But curiosity, curiosity is such an important thing. Um, and I think it's so important to be curious. I, I find myself like even, you know, outside of the podcast and things when I'm at parties and things like, I'm curious about why somebody's doing why they're, what they're doing. Why did they start, you know, one girl revolution? Are you with your podcast? It's like so many, there are reasons why we do the things that we do. And really, instead of, leading with judgment, lead with Mm -hmm. a curiosity. Like why does somebody believe, even if they disagree with you on something that you're really passionate about under like come to an understanding that there's a reason why they believe what they believe and just try to understand where they're coming from. I think that the world would look so different if we all did that.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that, uh, message of just try to understand where they're coming from in that, because Every opinion and every emotion that someone feels towards something is all from an inner experience. All advice is projection. This is something I was in a relationship for five years with a narcissist. I was engaged to a narcissist and we built a big business together and all these things. And Mm. he would say the most horrendous things to me. And I could never never fathom saying those sort of things to him. And I realized through Mm. counseling and healing that everything he had been saying to me was just a projection of his inner world because he would say things like, well, you never let me hang out with my friends. But at the same time, I would say, hey, can I go hang out with my friends, go to the movies? And he'd be like, well, you're not the type of girl. You don't waste money going to the movies. And I was like, but wait, you you never let me hang out with my friends. It was nothing more than a projection. And so a lot of this stuff that's happening in the political scene and on social media, people are just projecting all of the experiences they've had in life and things they heard over here. And so it really has nothing to, if, as a creator on TikTok, this was something I had to get over was people would say the most horrible things to me about my travel experiences and this and that. And I had to realize that the things they were saying to me weren't about me. It was just about an emotional response they were having that they were projecting onto me about themselves. So yes. that, that helps it. Like if you understand that concept, you can feel so empowered to go through life and and be your own person without the fear of people projecting all
1: over you. <laughs> yeah no, and that is such a great point, Keeley, too to we talked about before just about you know reconnecting with the little girl inside, but also there are moments in our lives where we have to stop, yes, yeah, stop and like dig down deep and find that the the child inside and your purpose and your value and reconnect with that regularly. I think that we have to create space for that and whatever that looks like for you. But also taking a moment to look at some of the relationships in our lives, whether it's, you know, a boyfriend, girlfriend, um, family relationships, other things that are going on because things can be projected onto us. You know, sometimes in the in the narcissist's world, um, as you know, it's you're living in their world and um, they almost convince you that, like, you know, there's this analogy about, like, if you're living with an, a narcissist and you go outside and you say, oh, yeah, the sky is blue, but they've convinced you that the sky is green. You're going to tell everybody the sky is green. Mm-hmm. And um it's just important for us to take those moments. And if somebody's not serving your life and not really making you a better person, then. It takes a lot of courage, just like, you know, you moving and me moving to Ireland. There are moments in our lives where it's these big turning points and these big breaking points where it takes a lot of courage, but you have to, you have a mission, you have a purpose. And if somebody like that is going to hold you back from that, it's time to to cut them out of their, your life. Ooh, yes.
0: One of the things that happened a lot when I was selling off everything and going and moving to Mexico, people were like oh my God, I could never imagine doing that. Aren't you afraid? And they were like, that's so crazy. But it wasn't because they were worried about me at all. It was because Mm. in their mind, they were putting themselves in my shoes and they were like, I would never make that decision. So whatever advice they were giving me at the time, because I got scared my first four days in Mexico, I was terrified. I was like in a condo off of the main track. It was beautiful, but I would have to walk down the road to go to the store. And I was like, hyper aware of everything. So I was like, I'm gonna get abducted because I was like, what everybody (laughs) would tell me. And I've been here three years and I've never actually felt unsafe ever. I walk at night by myself because I go to the dance class. It gets out at 10 o'clock. I have to walk back to my apartment. I have traveled by bus all over the place by myself. And I, I've learned that it was all projections and, and their own fears. But with that, I would love to know as we wrap this up, what would be for any woman that is afraid to make a big decision in her life you know she's been sitting on it but all those fears are, are holding her back what would be your advice to her
1: i would say first of all take time um i love that show parks and rec where it's take time for yourself and they always say treat yourself like go out and like and treat you they have treat yourself days And I think that it's really important to create space to just think and be without your phone, without social media, without Mm -hmm. people texting you. And one thing that I've really tried to implement in my life is taking a journal, um, a really lovely journal that I got from a, a place here in Detroit called Shinola. I treated myself to this lovely journal. And from time to time, not every month, um, I really would like to do it once a month. I treat myself and I go to a local coffee shop that I love. And if I'm hungry, I will buy myself whatever breakfast I want there and a lovely latte and sit there, turn off my phone or turn it on, do not disturb. And quiet the voices in the world because we have so many people whether it's in our lives you know family friends um acquaintances people that on social media that want something from us or want to connect with us we just have so much going on and then even people that we don't know right like on TikTok we're scrolling and we're hearing stuff from other people and those voices start kind of clouding our head and our judgment. And so create a space in your life, whatever that looks like. It could be maybe you're you're a habits person and it's every day I'm going to wake up for five minutes in the morning and I'm just going to write and write about things that you're thinking about, hopes and dreams that you have for your life. Or maybe you're like me and it's like, okay, I'm going to treat myself once a month or every other month and just take an hour on a Saturday or Sunday morning on a weekend where I have nothing going on. And just say from 9 to 10 a.m. I'm going to turn off my phone, sit there with my coffee and just enjoy and breathe and be and sit with this journal. Whether I write something or not, I just have this moment to like sit in my thoughts. If you want a journal, great, Um, because life is full of so many decisions and Decisions that even on a daily basis can change the trajectory of our lives, even interactions with people. Obviously dating relationships or marriage or, you know, all these, there are big decisions in our lives, but even the things that we're doing on a day to day basis can have such a lasting impact and change the trajectory of our, of our lives. Secondarily, if you don't really know, maybe you feel stuck in your life. Maybe you feel stuck in a relationship. Maybe you feel stuck in your job or stuck in your life, volunteer somewhere. That's one thing that I have learned so much and through one girl revolution through this community, you know, I've learned so much from from different women who have these amazing organizations, but just spend a couple of hours again, like on a weekend or evening, go and volunteer at your local senior center. There are so many people that don't have anyone, elderly Mm -hmm. people. A lot of times their families don't even go visit them and imagine if you could just go and be this beacon of light. And that takes courage too, right? To show up somewhere and say like, I don't know anyone, but I'm just going to like be here and volunteer. But yeah, local senior center, homeless shelters, um, pregnancy centers. You know, there are so many, there are shelters for women. There are a couple of shelters here that I have relationships with that they treat, specifically they treat women um, who are survivors of human trafficking and sex trafficking and just go and and love on these women. Or maybe you're a baker, like bake some cookies and take them over there and deliver them. Um, but just do something kind and find ways to serve your community. You will be so blown away by how that will change the way that you look at your life. That will change the way that you just interact with other people in your life. I think it will help you see the things, the relationships that need to be cut out of your life because you just see these people who are just so grateful that you even paid attention to them. Mm -hmm. And it helps you to see like the narcissists in your life (laughs) or like other people that are not serving you. And so if you feel stuck, create that space for yourself to just be, be present with you, be present with the girl inside or the kid inside of, of you and who you're created to be. And then look externally and look for ways that you can be of service and you never know how that might change your life.
0: Ooh, that's perfect last advice. So, everybody listening, head over to www.one, the number one, girlrevolution.com, and check out everything that Kate's got going on because there's a lot of cool stuff there. So, Kate, I'm so grateful for you coming and sharing your story on my podcast.
1: And I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful to be on.
0: Are you an ambitious and independent woman who's ready to start attracting your aligned masculine partner, but have struggled with settling in the past? Join the free masterclass to start attracting him in less than 30 days by tapping into a hidden feminine superpower that you already have. Go to girlstopcrying.com to sign up.